Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. Just like you told me you are praying in your parish, these are hundreds and thousands and maybe millions of people. And if we stay united in this prayer, God will have no choice to give us peace. I mean, no matter what mistakes we do, <laughs> we will feel forced like, oh, so many people are praying, let me just do something finally for the peace in the Middle East. So a week ago on uh, February 2nd, I called up Father Piotr Zelasko in Jerusalem to ask him about his life and, and the war. This is the third time we're speaking since the war began, the fourth time altogether. Um, I think it's important to know about it. I think about the war a lot. I watch it closely or as closely as possible from somebody who lives so far away from it. Uh, it's a terrible thing, an existential fight for the people of Israel who are fighting like lions. and. Uh, um, a terrible thing for the poor innocent Gazans who are caught between the IDF and the monstrous regime that uh, claims their little country and has brought terror to all. So uh, the blood of the innocents cries up from the earth, as uh, God says in Genesis 4. Um, I think it's important. It was supposed to be just a few minutes and I was going to attach it to next Thursday's episode. But we ended up talking for half an hour, maybe 40 minutes, and so I thought this could be its own episode just to put on the Thursday in between our normal podcasts. Let's hear what Father Piotr says, and let's pray with him and for him on Almost Good Catholics. Good morning, Father. How are you today? Good morning. Thank you for calling me. Well, we have winter in Israel. I was looking. You guys have rain and uh, 48 degrees Fahrenheit, what we Americans have, Fahrenheit. And that's the identical weather I have right now here in California. It's also raining. <laughs> well, if when it rains in Jerusalem, it's really cold. But what can you do? It's February. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Uh, so it's been a couple months since we've spoken, uh, and we're, it's now February, so almost three months of this war. And when we talked before Christmas, you were um, putting together gifts for some of your boys. Uh, you think of them as boys, of course, they're your boys, but they're young men uh, off to war. Uh, how how are your boys? How How are the people of Jerusalem? How are the Catholics and the Christians and uh, of course, everybody, Jews and also Muslims who are Israelis. 
First of all, thank you for asking, because there's not many people interested in how the situation looks in Israel. Most of the people, and I totally understand it, are interested in the situation in Gaza, uh, of which we only have the official news just like you have. Um, but uh, yet, it's true, we gave some Christmas gifts to our kids in the army, not only boys, also girls. Mm, that's true, and, yes. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, I think it was a nice, uh, you know, like little moment of joy during this feast. Not many of them could uh, come back home for Christmas. Not many of them could visit their families. And right after uh, the last Christmas, because here in Israel we have Catholic Christmas and then all the Orthodox Christmases and the, the last one is Armenian Christmas and yeah. now we just recently received a request from the army for 60 more gifts Christmas gifts so we are finishing to prepare it and it will be like the late Christmas gifts uh, we are trying to be in touch with them as I told you before some of them ask for visits and some of them ask for sacraments and our priests are doing uh, whatever they can to assure them we are praying for them, we support them spiritually, and, you know, war is terrible, and we have to deal with the fact that they are in the army. Yeah. Well, I remember when I was a young man, I was at the American um, Marine Corps Officer Candidate School long, long ago. It was a time of peace. I never saw anything dangerous or was in harm's way, but I remember... We had chaplains there too, and my Jewish friend from California and I were were there together. And because it was training, they would say like, "You have to go, you have to go to service." And he was Jewish, and he was like, "Well, where should I go?" He's like, "Well, we have Catholic and we have Protestant. You have to pick one." And so one week he'd go with me to Catholic, and the next week he'd go with other other young Marines to Protestant. And I was wondering if um, being a Christian in Israel isn't the opposite, but uh, that like everybody's Jewish, but here you are as the one Christian soldier. It's a tiny community, two percent maybe. Yeah, barely two percent. Yes, barely two percent. What's it? What's it like to you know to be the opposite of America? What's it like to be the minority? And you know, obviously, you have uh, chaplains who go help and and see them and administer sacraments. What What do your boys and girls? What do your kids? What do your kids tell you about their experience in the IDF? And oh, we have some of them visiting us during the breaks and. This is something remarkable that uh, many of them, the first thing they do when they come back home for a short break, they ask, what time is the mass? What time can yeah. I come to the church? So we sometimes meet them and they tell us the stories. And, uh, you know, we, as I told you, we try to convince our kids if they, because they have to go to the army, so they have no choice. But we try to convince them to be not to be in the combat units to be. But everybody is in danger, you know. In this situation, even uh, the young guys who are paramedics, for example, you are also in a very uncomfortable situation. You need to help to save life uh, of the soldiers, and they told us many stories. I remember recently one of them visited us and. Uh, he was really not in the good shape. We tried to, uh, you know, keep him uh, a little bit uh, up with our meetings and prayers and talks. And and um, it's not easy for anybody. The fact that uh, 
we as uh, Catholic priests have uh, the possibility to to serve them, to to go to to visit sometimes, uh, not uh, always directly to enter the the military base, but sometimes they come to the fence or to the gate, and the priest is listening to confessions or giving them a holy communion. This is something that I think we should keep doing. And I know it's a delicate topic because uh, we the, the church in, in the Holy Land, most of the Catholics here speak Arabic. And obviously they might ask questions, why are you supporting the Israeli soldiers? But they, they are our kids and we will stand with them. And we know that they are fighting for us. And, and uh, this is our duty and our obligation as priests, as Catholics, to be with them. And this is the reality, okay? But uh, it's not only, you know, regular soldiers. Many of the people were called to the reserve uh, of the army, and they sometimes had to leave their jobs. And I think I mentioned it, many, um, many businesses, you know, they don't have enough people to work because uh, young people are serving. So it's not easy. Also, economically, Israel starts to feel it. Um, although the, there are signs of hope, the schools came back to work and the university started. So, you know, um, we have to deal with the situation in our own way and we are trying to do our best to to be with the people to help them and to make them feel they belong to bigger group to the church to to a family that uh, never abandons uh, their kids now it's kids yeah absolutely and i was i always imagined that the priests were speaking um hebrew to the catholics mm -hmm. but you're saying these are probably arabic speaking uh catholics where how did who are they are are they um you know, originally from Iraq and moved in the 1940s to Israel. Who are the Catholics? Uh, well, you know, Israel? the Diocese of Jerusalem is uh, very complicated because it's Jordan, uh, Palestinian Authority, Israel and Cyprus, plus uh, Hebrew-speaking Catholics, Catholics, plus the migrants. Uh, so... Um, uh, as I told you, most of the of the Catholics they speak uh, Arabic. They are Palestinians in the Palestinian Authority, oh. but also in Israel there are the so-called Israeli Arabs, and it is not easy for them also because uh, some of them are are struggling with their identity. Many about many of them you can't say that they are Palestinians because they've never been to Palestine. Okay, they live in Israel since they were born. And uh, of course, they ne their native language is Arabic, but many of them also speak Hebrew. They study here, they work here, they live here. Uh, for example, Nazareth, which is the biggest Arab city in Israel, Nazareth, big parish, uh, many other places in Israel where we have uh, Catholic parishes. Uh, so this is also part of the Latin Patriarchate, the biggest part. We are a small group of Hebrew-speaking Catholics. And uh, most of our uh, children who are in the army are have Filipino roots. Uh, we, I, I would say about the numbers, like more than 100 Filipino kids now in the army and uh, like 25 not Filipinos, uh, all of them Hebrew-speaking Catholics. This is our group. Um, but if you ask, uh, it's that situation is full of tensions, you know, on many other levels also. 
you know, we, we, we are trying to live here in this country uh, all together, Arabs and Jews and Muslims and Christians, you know, like, uh, but the war broke, like many of those contacts are broken now and people don't trust themselves. There is a lot of tension on different levels of the daily life. Uh, I was told sometimes in the hospitals, the Jewish patient doesn't want to have uh, assistance of somebody who is an Arab. And the other way also, Arab patients ask for Arab doctors and uh, people are afraid of each other. I know that those who really were trying to build the, the, the future for the, everybody here who, who wants to live together, those people, I think they kept their values. We are, I think we are in, in this group of people. We believe that the future is possible for different people here in Israel. And we will not stop, no, no matter how how difficult it is during the war, to keep those contacts, to 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 try to, to be together. But I can see it on many levels in the society that those bonds are broken people don't trust each other and it's not it's not easy we we who i who live in a peaceful western country with lots of different people living side by side it's hard to imagine a place where you think you're on the way there and then it all falls apart do the so about 80% filipino are the filipino catholics hebrew speakers yes the kids okay. that were born in israel and their mothers are from the Philippines. It's a complicated situation because the law in Israel says that uh, migrant workers who were allowed to to work in Israel uh, when the women got pregnant or got married, they lose their their possibility to work. They lose their the visa, and uh, many of those women who were pregnant they decided to lose their rights and uh, still have a baby. So they stayed as without the legal status here. The kids were admitted to schools, but also they don't have Israeli citizenship. And uh, now they, when they turn 18, they have to go to the army to receive the permanent per permit to, to, to stay for them and for their families. And we are trying to uh, talk about it uh, in the Israeli society about those kids. And uh, we will see, maybe the war will, and the fact that they are serving in the army will open the, the eyes of the government to this problem and to say, wait, they are culturally, they are 100% Israelis. They speak the language, they were grew up here. And uh, the fact that they have uh, Filipino origins and that they are Catholics, it shouldn't be important to, to be able to live here. And, uh, you know... Um, so that's 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 an issue. But again, during the war, we we are staying a little bit away from you know any public action, speaking about it aloud. I don't think it's the right moment. The time will come after the war, probably maybe. And uh, this is our reality here. Um, what I wanted to mention also mm -hmm. is that we are still uh, and in here in this the nation is very much united. We are still praying and. Uh, uh, for, for the hostages, there is still a big number of people who are still in somewhere uh, captives in the tunnels of of Gaza, and the army discovers every day more and more of those hidden places. 
but it's not easy to to release these people. And I know that there is also negotiations on political level. Different parties are engaged. Different countries try to help. But again, Hamas does not allow to release the rest of the hostages. And there is people who for 120 days now, they don't know if, whether their uh, families, family members, whether they are alive or not, where are they, what's going on with them. So this is, uh, in Israel, you can see posters and and banners everywhere, release them, bring, bring them back home. And many actions, many demonstrations, uh, the families and the part of the society try to put pressure on the government. But the government speaks uh, from the beginning. This is one of the goals of this war, to release the hostages. And Hamas is not willing to cooperate. They don't want to negotiate. We will see. There was some, uh, there were some signs of hope. Again, uh, maybe there will be some exchange uh, for the prisoners, uh, Palestinian prisoners uh, from Israeli, uh, you know, who are who are kept here. We will see. I, I really, we, we just pray, and this prayer is very much present in our daily prayers. Also, as Catholics, we are trying here to what the patriarch calls to uh, send the, the the message of the Christian mentality, mm. which is free of this kind of you know my people and not my people. We are all people, and we all we should take care of each other, without thinking who is closer to me, who is. You know, just like you said, it, it, there, there is countries where different people live together and it's possible. We we have the examples from the history of the world and the United States is, is such an example. So uh, this is very much Christian mentality of thinking about everyone as brothers and sisters. This is why we don't forget also the civilian uh, civilians who are killed in Gaza every day practically and uh, it's terrible uh, the number of victims is, is is too big is absolutely too big and i know that the army is trying to avoid and and i know that uh, as i told you probably in one of the uh, uh, podcasts that uh, israel is fighting for the the western values for the mm -hmm. jewish christian values for this civilization it's not only the war of israel it's the war of the entire western world or democratic world but we need to be careful not to increase the number of victims because each life matters, every life matters. And we cannot say like, no matter how how high is the number of victims we need to, to win, um, uh, we need to avoid unnecessary tragedies and it's still not going well. I mean, the, the fightings are very difficult now in the urban area of Gaza. And of course, every day we have also messages in the news with the pictures of soldiers who were killed. And uh, it, it creates the atmosphere of, of the war, of the war. There is, you know, like people sometimes ask each other, how are you? And the natural yeah. answer in Israel is, well, everything is good. It's not like that. How are you? How can we be? It's the wartime. It's, it's really... And also coming back to Christmas, we avoided, there was a letter of the leaders of the churches here in, in the Holy Land uh, asking the Christians to avoid unnecessary celebrations, to, to focus on prayers, 
because you know Christmas is also a joyful time of songs and lighting up the candles and festivals and and you know uh, but this year it was very different everybody understood this is the wartime we ourselves we planned to do a musical Christmas musical with the kids with the young people and we didn't do it I mean it, it was heartbroken because the kids were practicing and uh, pretty much everything was ready and we decided not to do this not to invite people it wouldn't be fair even if some people say oh you but you have this great message of love and of christmas but still this is something festive and this is something not for the for the times of of the war i hope we will do this next year and i hope this war will will be over soon uh, because you know uh, people are always every day more and more tired and uh, you you can't you just this is this is devastating for the society uh, also here in israel i just can't imagine how is it in the winter times in gaza where people lost their homes and where the houses are are, are destroyed uh, people are trying to find shelter and there is not enough food and water and and, and the cold is really tremendous so we need to think about all those those situations and somehow find comfort in the prayer and hope that God can do something good at the end of all those our mistakes that we make as human beings that we fight each other. And this is our Christmas message, you know, don't think about your nation only, don't think about your people only. Think about the world as the as the place for everyone and where where we can really live as brothers and sisters. And I hope after this war, uh, those people in Israel who are now a little bit silent, who cannot or don't want to speak aloud, uh, you know, like about the, the peace uh, together, about coexistence of nations. Uh, I hope after the war they will come back to the, the same message and say, okay, we we can't live like this. Uh, everything that led to this war, we we need to take, uh, we need to learn from our mistakes. No, also in Israeli politics, I don't want to go into the politics, but this is the also the, the, the what what is happening now is is didn't happen in in vacuum. It's it's the situation, the pressure for many years, unresolved conflicts, uh, government who tried to, um, you know, like cover up or put under the carpet uh, all, you know, uncomfortable topics, uh, human rights, justice, and it exploded. And uh, we are, need to live with the consequences now. But that might be something for the future, for the people who will have to find the, the 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 power to say aloud we need to build a better society and a better world but for now it's the wartime so uh, you know all the the society i i can see it it's, it's very much united at least about the topics like the hostages and and uh, the um, dangerous situation at the border we had the rockets coming to Tel Aviv even a week ago. So it means Hamas is still strong. And I can't understand after three months of the war, they are still so strong. I mean, so many tunnels undiscovered yet, so many weapons, so many rockets and missiles. And this is terrible and it needs to be to be finished. I don't know how I'm not a military expert, but I believe that uh, 
that uh, the, the war will be uh, finished soon and we will start to rebuild the nation and different groups inside this nation that need to have the right to live uh, along each other and with each other. And this is, I know this is maybe naive and uh, because the war raised also very, you know, nationalist feelings and and tribal mentality. Our people are more important than the other people. And as Christians here, we are trying to, to give this message on and on and on. How effective we are, I don't know, but... Uh, this is what the patriarch said, that the church in the Holy Land it needs to be united. We need to speak one voice and we need to to to, to talk about uh, about the Christian message, that the love and, and, and forgiveness. And, and th this is what we are trying to do. It's easy to see how peace is made from a distance. It's easy to see, oh, how we had religious wars in Europe uh, hundreds of years ago and Protestants and Catholics were murdering each other, and then they figured out a way to live together. And that would have been impossible if you were living, you know, in in France or in Germany in uh, 1640. And it's easy to see how the Irish made peace when, you know, tw 20, 30 years ago, after having a Catholic terrorist movement. And it's easy to see these things from far away. It's very hard to see them from the ground where you are and like, what is the next step and who who should we ask for help and how do we talk to people who are so angry and so hurt? And especially when you have such a weird death cult in Hamas that is not only using violence, but using the, the most horrific kind of humiliating violence just to provoke a giant war. And then we have a giant war and it might even get bigger. And I... I wonder if, you know, when we are old, we'll say like, oh, and we look back on this time, if it'll make more sense. But I, right now, I, you know, what we see out here on the news is that Israel is returning a little bit more to its democratic um, way where people are criticizing the prime minister or mothers of hostages are breaking into the Knesset and, you know, protesting. So there is real free speech in Israel. I'm sure nothing like that exists in Gaza or West Bank or, or or places like that. So I don't. You're right. I have no idea how how to. I have no idea how to move forward. But I think that many wise people from all parts of the world are trying to help. So hopefully, you know, God willing, I shouldn't say hopefully. I should God willing, uh, they they will find a way to slow down, take a breath, talk to each other. Um, small steps, right? Small steps. Absolutely. And yeah. the history of Europe might be a great example for us how in a certain moment, just the, the leaders just decided to listen, it's, it's much better to live in peace and, and even the idea of European Union and, mm -hmm. and of course, the United States and many other examples from countries where it was possible after hundreds of years of of, of hostility and different groups fighting each other, it is possible to do, to make the peace. So it gives us comfort and some kind of hope to see that it, it was possible in many places of the world. But on the other hand, you know, the world is also like exploding now with all those conflicts that are unresolved. We have the war in Ukraine and in many other places uh, in Ethiopia and Africa is also burning in many places. So, you know, it's, I did I mention last time that I was invited by the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Eternal Internal Affairs to see the the, the movie 
made no, by... No, I don't think we talked about that. Oh, okay. So, so the, the invitation came. I went to one of the military bases uh, and, of course, the cell phones were taken away from us and uh, there was a short introduction about the 45 minutes movie that you are free to leave every time if it's too difficult for you. And uh, there was no commentary, only, you know, like their pictures uh, from the, the uh, cameras taken by, you know, the, the movies taken by the terrorists, but also... Some, oh yes, you did. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, some cameras in the in the houses, and and I was not. Uh, I I was shocked. I was just shocked. I did. I didn't know how this kind of evil, not only evil, but the joy of 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 killing, and this was so shocking for me. So, um, and it gives you the the feeling like how is it possible to even negotiate or make make peace with people who are so. But but I think. That the brainwashing is is, is 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 everywhere. It's part of the propaganda who tries to dehumanize your enemies, and and this is what what is critical during this war. Also, this is why we Christians have this task to to speak up and to say, listen, it's about human beings. It's about life, uh, which is precious. And um, I mean, uh, with all those feelings, different feelings that we have. The only comfort that comes from the gospel and from, you know, Jesus himself saying, love each other, love each other. There is no other way. And I think in many countries during the history of the world, we some we as human beings somehow understood it, understood it that peace is much better than war. War is not a solution to any conflict. I mean, Israel has full right to defend itself. And uh, we we understand it, and I think most of the world understands it. But also, as I said many times here in this podcast, we need to be careful. Not we we can't forget that on the other side there are also innocent people who are suffering, who are dying, and we always need to think about them also as human beings, and uh, do not dehumanize your enemy uh, fight the real enemy which is Hamas here I have no doubt and as long as Hamas exists it will only be stronger I mean this is the evil that that uh, that is right right very very strong still and we have the examples of it and we need to fight it for now and what will future bring I don't know there is many people uh, still in the hotels, uh, dislocated from their houses in the north. Uh, Hezbollah is still using missiles in the north. It's dangerous in some places, so people are evacuated. Kids don't go to school, you know, they spend time in the hotel lobby, uh, you know, with their cell phones. After three months, those people also lose their patience and the parents are desperate. Uh, there's many volunteers. You can volunteer to work in the washing room in a hotel. You can volunteer to teach the kids. You can volunteer if you are a doctor to, to bring some medical help to those people. But it's still a very difficult situation for them. So these are mostly the problems that we have now in Israel. But what is a nice thing here in Jerusalem, there were no alarms for a long time. So we really feel more secure and 
and uh, this is a good good thing that there is no missiles coming to to this part of Israel, and uh, yeah, we are trying to to keep uh, up with positive thoughts, with prayers, and and we are waiting, patience, you know. Yeah, we are wait. You are waiting. You are suffering. We are watching from far away and praying with you every day. In our in our churches, we have a prayer that we read every Sunday from Pope Francis for for world peace. Um, it's either going up to Lent or up to Easter, I forget, but uh, the world is watching you and we are all praying for you. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah. And don't stop this. This is the best thing that that I think we as Catholics can do. We can offer our prayers for the peace, for the people who are suffering. So please do it and continue to pray. Don't forget about us here. I know that there is so many other things going on in the world, in your country, but, and, you know, there is politics and, and sports and, and entertainment and many other things and financial problems maybe here yeah. and there. People have their own lives. I understand it, but this is something we very Christian, you know, remember the others. Uh, they are struggling. They are having difficult times. I uh, have to leave in a moment because we yeah, have yeah. the, you know, we have the solemnity today, um, and, and uh, there is a, a holy mass in the Latin Patriarchate. I am now it's three thirty p.m. in Jerusalem. At four thirty, there is there is this is the consecrated life feast. Many nuns and many brothers will be there. Many priests also. And we will, of course, we will pray for all the consecrated consecrated life, uh, consecrated people. But we need to remember, and I think this will be part of the message of the patriarch, that every life is consecrated to God in a different way. But nuns are not better than lay people. Priests are not, but not better than lay people. That's just the other way. So we need to remember all the people who are suffering in these days. Every life is precious. Every life is sacred. And uh, so, you know, we feel this connection with so many people from all around the world that send us good wishes and prayers and, and assure us that they are connecting spiritually with us. And it's a big support, really. I, I know that many people don't believe it. Like, what can my prayer do? What can I do? can I do any difference or any change? Yes, you can. And especially if we know about it, just like you told me, you are praying in your parish. These are hundreds and thousands and maybe millions of people. And if we stay united in this prayer, God will have no choice to give us peace. I mean, no matter what mistakes we do, <laughs> we will feel forced like, oh, so many people are praying. Let me just do something finally for the peace in the Middle East. So, you know, I sometimes just like the psalm says, where are you? Why are you yeah. sleeping? Open your eyes. We are here. This is it. Like, wake up. And I know he's trying. I know he's trying. And I know he is suffering with all the suffering people. This is the Christian theology of the Son of God who became like us and is suffering with every single mother that is crying because she lost her son or daughter. He is crying with all the people who lost their houses, who lost their kids. He is really there and with us and crying and suffering with us so i know that your prayers are very precious and please don't stop continue to pray for us 
Amen. It's the ground uh, cries up to the Lord every time it is filled with blood and injustice. And um, he might be sleeping in this boat that's in a storm, but he's right here with us. And always and everywhere he's with the people who are suffering the most. I know you have to go. Would you say a prayer? We can all, uh, all our listeners who are a few thousand people around the world can can pray with yes, you right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, Chris, thank you for being interested and thank you for bringing this, these news uh, from Jerusalem, from Israel to all over the world. Thank you for all your listeners, for your prayers, and let us offer a moment for, for a prayer in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God of peace, we ask you to look with your mer merciful eyes on all the people in the Middle East who are suffering right now, especially those who are touched by this terrible war. Please comfort those who need your comfort. Please uh, wipe away the tears of all who are crying. Please be with all those who are victims and their families. Please bring back the hostages, bring back the soldiers home. Please allow the people to live peacefully in their own homes in justice and peace. We believe that you are able to do this no matter how crazy we are in our uh, ways of searching for peace. No matter how many mistakes we make as human beings, no matter how much we hate each other, you are the God of justice and of love. So in your into your hands, we, we give our desires and wishes and dreams of peace. And please do not fall us. We know that you never uh, will. So uh, thank you, Lord, for being with us in these difficult times and bring us peace. We ask this in the name of Jesus, the Lord, uh, through the Holy Mother of God, Mary, daughter of Zion, one of this land, who also lost her child and was crying and uh, was desperate, but never lost uh, the hope and the, and, and the faith. Bless all the mothers and all the people here. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. May Amen. Almighty God bless you all. Thank you very much for being with us and and for listening to us and for praying for us. Thank you, Father. Shalom. Shalom. Nails, spear shall pierce him through the cross. Be born for me, for you, and hail, hail the Word made flesh, the babe, the son of Chris Adenius and Father Piotr Żelazko recorded this episode on uh, Thursday, February 2nd, 2024. That's the Feast of the Solemnity of the Presentation of Our Lord at the Temple. That's the Candle Mass when baby Jesus was presented uh, at the Temple in Jerusalem. It's the firstborn child. In the Joyful Mysteries of the Rosary, every Saturday and Monday we pray this, we pray this mystery, the fourth mystery and the fruit of it is obedience. And we grow in obedience as we contemplate. We contemplate the presentation of our Lord as his parents obeyed the Mosaic Law. Our music is from Josh and Margot of the Great Space Coaster Band. Check them out at gscoasterband.com. And our logo, the image of the dog, is from a stained glass window at the monastery, Santo Domingo de Silos, in Spain, and is taken with the kind permission of the uh, Dominican Friars of England, Scotland, and Wales from their website, english.op.org. I'm Chris Odinitz. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and...
angels sing. 